Welcome to Real Estate Investing Abundance, the show for busy, fulfilled professionals like you to learn how to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. Now, here is your host, Dr. Alan Lomax. Hello, enlightened investors. I'm your host, Dr. Alan Lomax, and it is a pleasure to be with you today as we explore investment opportunities in RV parks. You just may be closer to owning one than you may think. Today's guest, Mo Kruger, joined Live Oak Bank in 2015 with over 25 years of direct banking experience. Since joining, he has financed over $300 million for small businesses. After spending several years helping self-storage and mobile storage business owners achieve their dreams, he is now working exclusively with RV Park owners. So Mo, start us out by sharing a memorable experience from your formative years that helped you to be who you are today. Okay. Well, thank you very much for having me on. As far as something that helped shape me to where I am today, growing up, I used to play tennis. And so I played starting in the juniors through 18 and then played in college and then kind of played on the satellite tour, if you will, on the pro tour. And so one of the areas that I think really did help me, and I credit my mother, and that is that I had two rules in play. Number one was every point I was, she told me I had to try my hardest. So that was pretty straight to the point. So I would try my hardest. And that's something I've taken to what I do today. I take it more into day. I'll try my hardest. And I figure if you do that that way, you don't have any regrets. The second one was don't ever do anything while you're playing that's going to embarrass yourself, your family, or people that you're representing. And definitely that is used in work because you are dealing with people and hopefully being able to provide them with something that will create a dream of theirs. And you want to be respectful to what they're trying to accomplish, but also at the same time, you're going to be handling something very important for them. And so I think that what you have to do at all times is make sure that you're representing everybody in the most professional way that you can. And so thanks to my mom, those are two things that I try to put into play every day when it comes to work. Well, Mo, why RV parks and campgrounds? Give us the numbers. All right. So the industry itself is really hot. It was growing prior to COVID. And since COVID, it's really exploded. And so that part has been pretty exciting. I see it coming from the self-storage background, working with one of your former guests, Terry Campbell. Storage was also red hot. Now I see RV parks very similar in some regards to storage, but maybe 10 years behind. So the opportunity that I'm seeing is fantastic. There are over 16,000 RV parks and campgrounds in the United States. Got a market size of $6 billion. So there are 13 million, I think it is, households that own RVs. And the sales are going up every year. So it's a pretty easy formula to follow is there are a lot of RVs and not a lot of parks or campgrounds for people to utilize. So this is creating a great opportunity for people to get into this space. And the people that we have been talking to and financing, the ones who seem to do it right, the income that they achieve on it is something they're focused on, no doubt. But it's the lifestyle they're providing. Well, No matter what age it is, people are wanting to be outside and they're wanting to enjoy the nature. And so this gives people an opportunity to provide that some of the prettiest parts in the United States for guests to come 
and to be able to enjoy it, but also to be providing a safe environment. And there's a big lack of people that still want to go into hotels. There's a lack of people who want to fly, you know, and kind of deal with the nonsense that goes along with a lot of the flying. And so this gives them an opportunity to still travel, but in a controlled way and in a way that, you know, they're not completely held to a time frame or anything like that. They can just go and relax and check out. Now, as parks are becoming more popular, it had been something that in the past had really been weekends for people to go. Well, now we have more remote workers. And so that means that the parks during the week now are having higher occupancies, which is really exciting for the industry and for people traveling. You know, maybe mom or dad or both will work during the day at the park. And then when working hours are over, they get to go really enjoy themselves. So from a lot of different levels, the industry is really exciting and very intriguing. And I just see it as an opportunity that is really in the growing stage. I think that for the folks that will be watching your podcast, something that I encourage them to take a look at because some industries, when it's like an onion, when you pull back that onion, you start to cry. I think of the RV park, whether you start to pull back the layers of it, I think there's going to be a lot of excitement. Well, that is exciting to hear those numbers and to think about the growth in conjunction with RV parks. The first thing that comes to my mind when I think of an RV park is there's a lot of work involved. It's kind of like a motel hotel minus the beds and the dirty sheets. How can it be enjoyable? Right. So, you know, there is work that's done. And I always encourage for, for someone who's getting involved on it to have a really good team. And there are people that enjoy it so much that what they'll do is go to park to park and they'll exchange their work for a slip. And so that to me says a lot in terms of the people who are doing it, is it is a very enjoyable experience. For the folks that are wanting to get involved, but not be there, let's say at the facility day in and day out, I think that they're going to see that through the, as I say, the right team, the right manager and such, that it's something that can provide a really nice return for them. And in a lot of ways, when you're talking about RVs, you do have, it's the guest asset that they're sleeping in. So they're wanting to take good care of it. And, you know, when you have a campground, you know, there's not a lot that they can break at it. And so I think that what you try to do is you try to be able to provide the guests with all the natural benefits that they can with the outside. And I think the people that own the parks will tell you that the guests are very respectful, not just to other guests, but to the facility, because they know it's something that, you know, something that they really enjoy. So they want to leave it in the shape that they found it. Well, talking about the numbers, what is an expected cash flow? What's the return on investment? And what's the long-term investment payoff on this? So they really do vary as far as the park size. As far as a expected ROI, I think that it's pretty comfortable that, you know, depending on how conservative you want to get, but I think it's pretty comfortable to say there's a 10 to 15% expected ROI and a 20 cash on cash return. So obviously that can be very attractive. Part of it becomes, as referenced, self-storage. There's still opportunities that are available for parks to acquire that when we're talking about cap rates, there's still very attractive cap rates for buyers. You know, in the storage world, it's not uncommon for a cap rate to be, you know, four and a half, five cap. Whereas star storage or with RV parks, you're probably looking for a lot of the parks still at eight to eleven caps. 
So it gives you an opportunity to one, be able to get into it and to make money, but it also gives the opportunity for some people to be able to get into it with you know maybe some high leverage and still make money. So that's the part that I think is exciting from my standpoint is you're going to try to structure what you do for our borrowers predicated on what they're looking for. And to me, it's a great American dream when we're able to put someone into an investment or a business for them that they own. I think that's great. I love hearing when I'm talking to someone and they say their grandfather started the business and then their father ran it and all that. To me, that's the real American dream. So this gives an opportunity for somebody to get into, make not they qualify, or they may be able to get a larger, better cash flowing park rather than just being having something that you know, they have to put all their cash into. So that's a part of that I think is really exciting. We'll be right back after a brief announcement. Are you a busy professional, passionate about the work of your calling, yet realize that even though you love what you are doing, you're exchanging your time for money? You know that if you were to lose the ability to exchange time for money, your financial well-being will be in jeopardy. If you can relate, I have great news. Steve Tucker Capital is an investment company designed for professionals to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. Remove the anxiety of an uncertain financial future and go to steedtucker.com. Get your free one-page 10-step guide to passive real estate investing. Well, talking about financing, what kinds of loans are available for RV parks? So ones that are, I guess, the most common, you have your SDA loans, and there are two of those. You have USDA loans, as well as conventional loans. So in breaking those out into how they can benefit someone, not one loan is perfect for everybody. So it's very important to learn what the potential buyer is looking for and what resources they have available. So if I had to talk about, let's say, the strengths of the SBA 7A program. It's very cash flow driven. And so on a deal like that, we're going to be looking at that cash flow. And then if the deal will support it, you can get 90% financing on that. And so it's when I talk about the cash flow deal or the loan, we look at it as a project. So what's the acquisition price? Do you need working capital? There's going to be closing costs. Are there some improvements that's needed? And if those are there, we can put those into the loan and still, if the cash flow supports it, we will do 90% financing. So that can open up the door for people that may not really think that they would be able to get into a park as far as an owner goes, because they don't have the cash available to put down a conventional type of loan. You, uh, the uh, SBA 504 loan is a little bit of a hybrid where the bank takes a low loan to value first mortgage of 50%. There's a certified development company that will do a second mortgage called a debenture. That's generally about 30 to 35%. And the borrower comes in with 15 or 20%. Difference between the two of those on the first one, Live Oak, that's who I work for. We determine the approval or decline here in-house. Money comes out of our vault. So it's very much like a bank loan. On the 504, we do the first, but then we have to go to the SBA and they actually approve the second. And then the venture is sold in the secondary market 60 days after the loan is closed. And then you have two mortgages on the property. They're USDA loans, which are also government-backed loans, long-term financing. Again, you have to be eligible with the address to be able to qualify for the USDA, but you know, an attractive way to do that. And lastly, conventional. And most people are pretty familiar with the conventional deals. In this case, again, pretty cash flow driven, but with experienced 
buyer, you know, we can do 75% loan to value on that. And so on deals that are a little bit larger than what would fit for the SBA, you know, we'll look very seriously at financing those with a conventional structure. And what'd you say the percentage was on the conventional? We will go up to 75% loan to value. And then those are sold on the secondary market, but you said... No, no. So we will hold the majority of our SBA 7A loans. So that's, again, very similar to a bank loan. 504, that second mortgage is sold on the secondary market. And then on the conventional loans, we generally will hold those ourselves. If it's a little bit larger, then we'll participate with another bank. Okay. So what what's kind of the top mortgage on the SBA 7A? So on the 7A, the largest size would be $5 million. You know, if we have a deal that we like that goes above that, but we still feel that the 7A is the right product for them, we will do a 7A with a tag along what's called a parapasu loan that's in a shared position. And with something like that, we'd go up to seven and a half million. So gives us the ability to go up a little bit higher. With the 504, I think you're looking more in line of let's say a $15 million acquisition or development. And then conventional, we're uh, working on a deal right now that's a $28 million development deal. So what does an average mobile home park usually go for? They'll range. You know, I think one of the things that would surprise people when they start looking into it is you can find some for a couple hundred thousand. And then it's not uncommon to also see quite a few of them that may be 25 to 30 million. Mm -hmm. So it's very nice for people looking to get into the industry because it's so wide on what type of park it is and and where it's located, what the amenities are, how many acres that that can dictate that price tag. You know, and in looking at this, if people were to talk to me about, let's say, financing, you know, the couple of things that I always want to make sure that borrowers know, and, you know, it kind of kicks people a little bit off guard. I really encourage them when they're applying for the loan, and whether that's a live oak or wherever they might go, I just think this is important, is brag about how great you are. Brag, 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 brag. It is really good. Like we'll look at it. We want to partner. And we look at these loans as we're partnering with a borrower. We want to partner with someone who's passionate. You know, tell us, hey, I'm going to be successful no matter what. I'll encourage people to do that because one of the requirements we have is we go out and meet everybody face-to-face. We also will go and see the site. The credit officers, they don't get the good fortune of that. So they just get what our analysis is. And we work really closely with the credit department. So they're relying on me. So I've got to rely on the borrower because quite honestly, I would like every one of my deals to be the best deal that Live Oak Bank's ever looked at. You know, One of the ways that we're very open book here is nobody is paid an individual commission on a deal. So when we are talking to our borrowers, we're not trying to pigeon up, pull them into one type of loan. We're going to look at it and say, hey, if we're going to partner with you, we've got to be a good partner. Here are the options available to you. What one makes the best sense? When they're giving me their projections on what they think they're going to do, I don't want worst case scenario. You know, are you going to put in 10 to 25% of the value of the property to do the worst case job you can do? No, you're not. I want to just say, I want that one that you say, hey, I just woke up at two o'clock in the morning. I figured out a different way to create more revenue. Those are the numbers I want. You know, I'll joke, maybe there's a little truth to it. Credit guys, it's in their DNA, they got to cut. Whatever you and they got to cut something. So if my borrower cuts 10% and the credit, let's say, cuts 10%. Now you have 20% less chance to deliver on a potentially good loan. So don't be shy about saying, you know, it can't be blue sky, but don't be shy to say, hey, we're going to work really hard. These are the numbers we're going to hit. 
And fortunately, because we do a lot of these, we'll look at the data and analytics we hit. But all things being equal, we're going to like that guy who's passionate that they're going to be successful. It's a pretty easy concept. If we can do our job right, help the borrower be successful, they repay us and everybody does win. So, you know, those are the things that I would definitely encourage a borrower when they're positioning themselves for financing. If they're uncomfortable, you know, saying about themselves, just pretend you're writing it about your best friend and, you know, put your best foot forward with it. Well, talk to us a little bit about amenities. What do you typically find in RV parks these days? And what are the trends? Where are amenities going in terms of trends? Okay, great. So on the parks that are, let's say, overnight parks, the amenities, they're not going to be so great. I mean, that's basically some place that you can pull over, spend the night, know you're safe, and there's not going to be a lot of things because those people are generally overnight. Then you start to get in more of the weekly, monthly parks, and you start seeing some really great amenities. So at the national show that was in Raleigh last year, you know, you walk around, you see some of these parks that have these pools that would rival theme parks. I mean, the pools are just fantastic. So you're going to have the pools, you're going to have the outdoor areas, you're going to have your dog parks, the area that is really critical. And going back to what I said earlier with weekday guests, Wi-Fi is critical. People, although they like to be out in the great outdoors, they don't want to be completely unplugged. And if they're going for work, the Wi-Fi is critical. So if there's one thing right now that is extremely high on the list is having good connection so that people can still be able to work during the work days or at least on weekends, be able to connect with their friends and family to let them know what a great time they're having. I think there might be kind of a conflict with that. Some of the more remote and more beautiful places, it might be challenging to get the Wi-Fi. So what are they doing in those kinds of places? So it is a challenge, but I think that the good part about it, because it is becoming so critical, is that they have put it as, let's say, their mission to be able to have some type of connection to it. Mm -hmm. And then it's up to the guests how disconnected they want to be. I'm sure some get there and you know they're off and fantastic for them. And others want to be able to be on a little bit. And then others still have their same habits with it. But because of the demand, because there's such a growth going in RV parks with younger people, it used to be looked at as just older retirees. And now the growth is really being driven by millennials and Gen Z and Gen X. And the diversity in parks have really, really increased. So you're getting the people that are very young who are bringing a new energy to parks. And part of that is, even though if it is remote, they are still wanting to be connected in somehow, or at least have the option to be connected. So it maintains itself. Wi-Fi is one of the most critical aspects to, let's say, the growth and well-being of RV parks. What about shower rooms, laundry rooms, clubhouses, those kind of things? Are those something that you find or are those going out of style? Yep. No, no, those are important. And, you know, the important part of it is the cleanliness of it. Obviously, people still will jump on Google and look at those. So the shower house has to be very clean, very safe, very well lit. Same thing with the laundry room. Clubhouses can be a really added benefit. You'll have your pickleball courts, you know, that becomes bigger, you know, some cornhole, like I say, the dog parks. So it truly is, in a lot of ways, some of them that are higher end, man, I hope I don't offend anyone with this, but it's almost like pretend camping. 
the amenities are so good. Yes, you're camping, you're really doing it, but you have air conditioning and heating in, you know, whether it be your, your clamping area or your park-owned model, you've got really nice beds, you've got refrigerator freezers, and that appeals to a lot of people. You know, they want to be outside, they want to do it, but when a day's over, they want to be comfortable. So the amenities can really drive the value and the desire for people to stay at that park. But yeah, excellent observations there on your part, because when someone drives in and they see all those things and vast majority have kids, they know it's going to be a fun week or or whatever they're going to be there. So the more the park can do that, I think they find that it's able to incorporate some of the natural beauty that they have, as well as some of the conveniences that people like. Well, tell us a little bit about Live Oak Bank. Can you get a loan from Live Oak Bank anywhere in the United States and Canada? You can get a loan from Live Oak anywhere in the United States. We're not lending in Canada. So sorry about that for the Canadian viewers. But I've been with Live Oak Bank for seven years. And what I am about to say is just simply how I appreciate working here. I do feel that we're the best bank in the United States for small businesses because we specialize in the industry we lend in. I encourage people to look at our website, liveoakbank.com, because you're going to see the 35 or 36 industries that we specialize in. And then we have the best of the best of what we call generalists that are some of the best lenders across the country that handle the deals outside of those industries. So I think what you're going to find with Live Oak is when you're talking to us and we specialize in something, it allows us to understand that industry a little bit better. And in understanding that industry better, Hopefully that is allows us to structure the loan to help the borrower be successful. And that may be working in some interest only period of time. Maybe that's increasing the amount of operating capital that's needed or working capital that's needed. But that falls back into, we're not just being somebody who does a lot of different industries. We think that if we do one thing and we can do it really well, then we're doing our job as a good partner. Well, you can find the contact information for Live Oak Bank in our show notes, but the telephone number is 910-550-2907, and their website is liveoakbank.com forward slash RV hyphen park hyphen financing forward slash, and you can reach Mo directly by email at mo.com. Kruger at liveoak.bank. So, Mo, it has been a delight having you with us today. Lots of great and exciting information about a new type of investment opportunity. And I know I'm going to look into it further myself. And I know many of our viewers and listeners as well. So thanks, Mo, for being with us. It has been a delight and a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you for tuning in to Real Estate Investing Abundance, brought to you by Steed Talker Capital, a company working for passionate professionals like you to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. As part of our efforts to make the world a better place, Steed Talker Capital contributes to activities and organizations committed to better understand the equine. These endeavors attempt to enhance the human treatment of horses worldwide. Steed Talker Capital, working for a world where all creatures, great and small, flourish abundantly. For resources to develop your financial independence, connect with us at steedtalker.com. 